This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Last month, this Indian e-commerce startup became a unicorn or entered the 1 billion dollar valuation club in record time. 2021's minted yet another unicorn. The newest startup to become a unicorn is special for many reasons. The first one being it's going to it's broken all kind of records to become the fastest unicorn to be minted in the country i'm talking about mensa brands which has entered the coveted 1 billion dollar plus club in 6 months flat mensa is part of the newest wave on the e-commerce ecosystem a wave that's rewriting every rule about digital e-commerce a billion dollar idea that's clearly come of age roll up companies the newest strikeliest form of e-commerce are creating massive resonance an entire new bunch of companies led by young disruptive teams have sprung up and well they're on a roll it hasn't been such a long time since people first started shopping online and it was easy to keep up with the clicks Little by little by little by more the clicks added up to be more than the stores and e-tailers worked harder than ever before because they had to keep up with the clicks. The clicks came from laptops then tablets and phones Monday through Sunday office and home 24 hours in every zone and still they kept up with the clicks. Now shoppers ask more from the websites they're on their language their currency their way or they're gone so you'd better keep up with the clicks. Here's what the concept is all about. These companies rapidly acquire, consolidate, and operate multiple brands simultaneously to build scale with shared capital, expertise, and synergies. Often these brands have nothing to do with each other. Once the brands get to define thresholds, the companies recover the value that they invested. Mensa Brands, Powerhouse 91, Global Bees, Ten Club upscale and several more these companies have raised millions of dollars over the past 12 months alone the funds they see are being used to grow portfolios and scale tech platforms in quick time we have with us two leading lights of the roll up wave nitin agarwal co-founder and chief executive of softbank backed global bees and powerhouse 91 co-founder akid mohammed Akib, all of 28, is one of the youngest guests on the morning brief. They take us through what's working for this business model, what it really takes to discover and build a large portfolio of consumer brands, challenges, and the future of roll-up e-commerce. It's Friday, the 3rd of December. I'm your host Ratna Kushin, and you're listening to Roll-up e-commerce fastest unicorns on the morning brief. Rollup as a concept acquiring myriad brands helping them scale up and rapidly increase one's own valuation is relatively new. In fact, Aquip says that companies in this space are still figuring out all that it takes to build a consumer brand, sometimes from ground zero swiftly and all of that in a highly competitive space. they're also trying to understand capabilities that work across a diversified cluster of brands akib started his entrepreneurial journey in a very interesting space in 2018 
he and his partner Shashwat Desh founded Aza, a feminine hygiene brand which, among other things, made safe organic sanitary pads. Akib says that Aza provided critical lessons in scaling up a brand that became the bedrock of his next initiative, Parhas 91. I think it was earlier towards this year when we had this realization that, you know, age category has its own nuances. Age product is different in itself. There are certain, you know, do good in e-commerce in general. There are certain principles and strategies that work consistently across categories. And we felt that, you know, all of these learnings that we gained through Aza, all of these strategies, the capabilities that we built in-house at Aza, there was a lot of, you know, value in applying those to a host of different brands, which may not directly be related to, say, feminine hygiene in which Aza operates, but it could even be a sports and fitness private label brand trying to scale up on Amazon, going through the same challenges as, as, for example, facing out of stocks or trying to sort of get their way in digital marketing right or you know making sure that their branding is on spot so that that's what you know really seeded the idea of powerhouse 91 where we realized that we have all of these learnings and capabilities we can probably do uh, a lot of brands out there more justice in terms of helping them realize their complete potential and you know, I, I won't lie thrasios uh, of the world were obviously an inspiration for us but applying particularly to the Indian context, we, we saw a lot of opportunity for value creation where a lot of private label brands out there could potentially grow much faster than they are doing right now. And yeah, we, we felt that we were the right set of people to do that. Akit mentioned Thrasios, the American pioneer of the roll-up e-commerce business, which has inspired the likes of Mensa and Powerhouse 91. So what does Thrasios do? It is the biggest buyer of third-party private sellers on Amazon. Powerhouse 91 does the same in India on a much smaller scale. These companies build a house of small brands by acquiring them, brands that consumers buy repeatedly. The companies sell directly and improve their sales and valuation, spawning a line of successful startups. Last June, the Massachusetts-based company became the fastest American e-commerce startup to achieve unicorn status. The company, in less than four years, has mopped up a massive valuation of close to $10 billion. Unlike old-school brands that embodied particular product attributes, in the world you live in now, the brands aren't big enough to, to be able to capitalize on that scale and send that message out. So what you really need is trust. You need quality. You need to have the ability to have an interaction with somebody over and over again, where each and every time you get what you want, you get when you want it, it's a great experience. And so the way we think about it is that, you know, all of the different products that we have are from different categories, but they all have one thing in common, which is, you know, our commitment that they're a great product, that we're going to do everything we can to make sure the customer is happy. All the things that, you know, every boring retail business in the history of times is built on. And to the degree to which we can succeed at that, we can build a brand that I think stands, whether it's inside Amazon or outside Amazon, for a good customer experience and for trust. And in a world in which the brands are going to become less familiar, that's going to mean something. That was Trasio Chief Executive Josh Silverstein, on mastering the Amazon marketplace. And here's what Anand Narayanan, founder of Mensa Brands, which focuses on fashion, beauty, 
cosmetics and home furnishings for brand aggregation told ED Now in an interview last fortnight soon after turning unicorn. Let me just tell you a little bit about what Mensa is trying to do. Look, we're not just an aggregator. We're an accelerator of brands. Mensa means constellation. We're trying to build a constellation of stars. Each of our brands is a star. So there are, uh, you know, two parts to the business. There's, of course, creating partnerships with our brand founders, finding the right emerging brands, sort of partnering up with them, investing into them. And the second part of that is actually acceleration, which is once we get the brand, how do we grow and scale the brand? Our second guest on this episode, Nitin of Global Beast, says it's about developing a complementary ecosystem with existing players and give a lot more choices to consumers, help brands become digital first and empower sellers to work with multiple platforms. Actually, it's uh, complementing the e-commerce growth. I think uh, till now we have seen a lot of e-commerce growth coming from horizontal or vertical players, which are essentially multi-brand and provide choices to the customer. And then there have been both large sellers and small sellers who have been selling in those platforms. Um, the role of commerce essentially works on the seller side, where uh, a lot of sellers who, who are unorganized sellers, they help them kind of scale up, put together systems and technology and help them grow from while they've done a zero to one kind of a growth, how they move from a one to 10 and a 10 to 100. Nitin, who was earlier president at Edelweiss, and his partner, Supam Maheshwari, also the founder of First Cry, plan to tie up with small brands in spaces ranging from personal care to nutrition to sports. Okay, so how do these companies select which brands they want to acquire? There must be a method to collate the diversified brands, right? After all, it is about getting to that magic $1 billion valuation that makes a startup a unicorn. Akib explains. Typically, if you were to acquire a brand, you would just look at, say, the profit and loss statement. Typically, that's how you value a stock as well, for example, in the share market, right? But when we are analyzing a brand, we try to look for the bads in particular with the brand and try to see if those are fixable because that is really the arbitrage that you are creating as a roll-up, right? That you identify the rooms opportunities for value creation so for example when we are assessing a brand we don't just look at say its profit and loss its cash flows we try to look at you know if something is not good say if the margins are not good we try to do the root cause analysis we look at a lot of different data parameters with respect to say how is the supply chain tuned or say if the marketing is not working correctly what is the catalog health like you know how have the ratings and reviews been trending how have the search volumes been trending for a particular product and is that in sync with with the you know numbers in pnl if not a lot of times we find windows of opportunities where we see identify a clear you know fix which can probably help us grow the brand 20 percent just by following that simple fix in this business model what you really need to make sure is that you're acquiring good brands because scaling them up is is really the biggest part. I think acquiring them is not as difficult as, as scaling them is. And how do they scale them up or make them achieve the next level of growth? Every brand has its own things that, are, that have been working good for it. What we try to sort of really see is which of these different levers can apply the best to this particular brand. And then we try to sort of do that in the best possible way. The advantages of, of this model is, you know, as individual brand owners, you typically don't have the resources or people or expertise who, who excel in those particular functions. But here we have people 
for example whose day in day out job is to just you know run digital marketing campaigns and ruthlessly optimize everything that's what we try to do in every function and then you know appropriately use those functional strengths on the brand's particular thesis so whatever is required for a brand to grow from uh, strength to strength to change their gears when they're moving from 10 to 100 um, the role of commerce is able to provide a ready infrastructure it is able to provide the operational expertise it's able to provide um, talent which is which is extremely hard to build for any companies and all those things put together at an enterprise scale um, which essentially allows the brands and the brand owners to focus on their product to product development faster um, obviously capital helps them to scale faster um, it helps them to go into international markets faster so it's really accelerates the growth multifold um, for for all the brands looking to grow forward but as new age and tech savvy as these companies are they're still competing with giants like unilever and png so what's needed is massive doses of being smarter quicker unique and absolutely data-centric. And of course, making their brands completely consumer-focused. I think like, like in any other space as well, if you are sort of trying to disrupt a space, you have to create something novel, something unique. For us as well, we, we are really focused on, you know, building unique capabilities, building long-term capabilities that, you know, that are not easy to replicate. Re-emphasizing the point about you know building building a data centric consumer goods company that's not a very easy thing right from identifying say for example what products to launch to making sure that you launch the best possible product simply on the basis of data points alone rather than having your own opinions and then doing every operational step be it marketing or operations or supply chain using these particular data points it's a very difficult thing to develop and that's what we are really really focused on developing we see that the future generation of brands will really have to be very very you know data centric in their approach and that's what we are trying to build and that's how we hope to be able to compete against the established giants where we are really really you know smarter and you know methodical in our approach compared to whatever is being done right now according to nitin it's about sourcing product development and working capital there are some key functions uh, that brand need to always perform um there is essential functions of uh, sourcing and product development um, now as you scale the sourcing as you scale the product development you obviously need the working capital you need the r d investment um, you need more suppliers more organized suppliers systems for prediction of inventory etc etc so that really comes together as as one of the key capabilities second when you go into supply chain customers today want their product faster they want the product literally you know have grocery delivery in 30 minutes e-commerce deliveries are all same day next day basis for a small percentage but how do you bring your efficient supply chain where you are able to get to the customers faster uh, deliver them faster i think that becomes a key capability and then uh, then you come to the growth capability which essentially marketing what kind of customer insights and technology platform you're putting what kind of a brand positioning what is the brand communication how is your social media strategy how do you service multiple platforms and optimize inventory across multiple platforms? Um, those become a challenge. So those are the those are the capabilities. I think sourcing, supply chain, and marketing and growth underlying with a tech and data infrastructure. 
becomes a key capability where brands can leverage and grow much faster. And of course, the golden rule needs to be that there are no set rules. I think there are no rules or set standards that we follow. Uh, a lot of our people or team members come from same backgrounds where they've either started their own startups or you know have worked on a randomly different field, but they were creative. They 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 are hustlers, and you know they are able to sort of bring something fresh to how things have already been done for for decades. And if these aspects are all in place, platforms, consumers, and sellers stand to benefit. After all, the roll-up companies come well equipped with expertise, cutting-edge tech, lots of capital investment, and ambition. The growth of roll-up e-commerce has, of course, been pushed forward because of the COVID-19 pandemic, which led to massive changes in consumption patterns and redefined how Indians shopped. I think yeah, it has definitely been a catalyst. I mean, the amount of growth that e-commerce has seen, say, because of the pandemic, it would have, in a normal scenario, taken at least four or five years. I think that's what we have seen across the brands when we, you know, meet new brands when we analyze them. We have seen consistent, you know, exponential, consistent indicators of exponential growth, and certain categories have obviously grown more than others. Where your your daily consumables that you would generally prefer to shop offline from your local Kirana store, that has increased in tremendous amounts. I think especially groceries. And that is really an indicator of how deep e-commerce can get, right? I mean, you can always purchase, say, something like a cell phone because you are getting it on discount e-commerce. But if it's a low ticket price, people would still prefer to say go to supermarkets or your neighborhood shops. I think in the pandemic that has changed the most because that wasn't even an option anymore. So people have started consuming things that that are priced at low as low as say maybe rupees 250, 300 at a much more higher frequency without having say any qualms about it, you know, about purchasing those things online. The share of e-commerce in global retail sales went up to 17% in 2020 from 14% in 2019, according to a study by the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. India's e-commerce industry is set to grow 84% to $111 billion by 2024, said a global payments report by World Pay FIS. The best is surely yet to come. Well, India is a dynamic market. I think from a e-commerce perspective, the market has been going from strength to strength. So it was a matter of time. It's just that I, I think quite a few people were working at the same time and uh, and it just came in together. So it's, it's literally the timing, I think. But the opportunity is just large. I think we'll need uh, more than the players which have been exist today to be able to service and cater to that opportunity. And while India is still small compared to the US and China, the role of e-commerce wave isn't ebbing anytime soon. Every everybody knows that the next you know decade or two are going to be India's story. And I think e-commerce is going to be a big, big chapter in that. This e-commerce roll-up ecosystem, the evolution of this is just a preparation of the e-commerce wave uh, that will strike India because we are still way off in terms of scale compared to say US or China. I think US is probably 10 times a bigger market. 
but yeah this the scale will come all of a sudden and we'll have to be well prepared for that that will happen across the things say be it in terms of platforms bracing them up you know amazon already has seen that scale so that's a given but even in terms of say logistics and supply chain operations shaping up i think e-commerce rollups are brand operators in this entire ecosystem who will be able to sort of you know develop that efficiency develop that infrastructure that can cater to this demand that can actually not only sort of cater to that demand but also be a driver in growing e-commerce in itself and bringing that wave this wave is inevitable to come india's e-commerce roll-up space is very young came about only amid the pandemic and is flush with funds ideas and ambition we may just see valuations break new benchmarks faster than any of us could have imagined. I'm Ratna Bhushan and you've been listening to Rollup E-Commerce Fastest Unicorns on The Morning Brief. This episode was produced by Anirban Chaudhary and Saundarya Jaychandran. Varun Kapahi was the sound editor. We're signing off and hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. Do send in your feedback to themorningbrief at timesgroup.com and do share the episode on your social media networks. The Morning Brief is every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a nice day ahead. All external sound clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits are mentioned in the description box.